1: Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions
2: on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth.
1: When you feel you're taking all the you can take, and you're sure you're never gonna catch a break, and the tears of rivers running down your face, yeah. When,
2: your faith is flowing, you've got no left. when you think you've gone as far as you can get good morning, good morning Mark.
1: What, what did that groundhog hawk say the other day about renaly spring
2: i don't even know i didn't pay attention
1: uh, welcome to Oscars weekend right okay.
2: mm, didn't know that
1: yeah well, i don't this, watch
2: any of those award shows i don't watch
1: i don't think i don't I've even seen any pay attention movies. do you go to the, any of the movies
2: oh i like going to the movies oh. i just could care less about cuz half the time
1: this is one of your favorites, girl right? Yeah, no, tonight. I
2: don't even know what this is.
1: You know, this is so we're doing the uh, Oscar songs.
2: Oh yeah, I won't know those probably.
1: Okay, this is Jennifer Hudson.
2: Okay, I knew her voice.
1: So this is a theme song to um, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, movie. I didn't see that one. So this was up for and I think this was a Nancy Pelosi theme song for the um, soda, uh, you know the state of the Union address. Oh, brother. Is all fight, right?
0: ...working-age people dropped out of the workforce. In just
1: three years of my administration, 3.5 million people, Trump is on a roll. ...working-age people have joined the workforce. Did you watch it?
2: No, I did not. I was, um, I was probably... You I think so I'm, you didn't
1: see Nancy tear up them. No,
2: I saw yeah. the headlines. I think I was already asleep.
0: Since my election, the net worth of the bottom half of wage earners has increased by 47%, 3 times faster than the increase for the top 1%. Get ready for it. Ken. After decades of flat and falling incomes, wages are rising fast and wonderfully, they are rising fastest for low-income workers. I've seen a 16% pay increase since my election.
1: Nancy isn't standing up at this point, Kerry. Mm-hmm. This is a blue collar boom. There you go, Carrie. Mm-hmm. I told you. So I told you he'd be saying. So we first heard him use that term, right? Um, at the Davos. Right? Right. The blue collar boom. That's the first time we heard it. Then he ran it by everyone again at the USMCA signing. And I said at the time, I said, he's going to use this in the State of the Union. He is making a case that he is the one who will save the middle class or the lower class, depending on which, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, breath that they're speaking. It's either the lower income class or the middle class. You know, Um, so we'll see. So, you know, it was. um, But is it true? You know, so the fact checkers came out and maybe we'll spend a little bit of time on that today. Fact checking. Uh, you, you know, at least what the fact checkers, self-proclaimed fact checkers said about Trump's, you know, uh, statements during his State of the Union. So why don't you get us started, here?
2: Excuse me. Good <laughs> <girl, no>, goodness. <laughs> I mean, I a, uh-huh. Carrie, put oh, that bloody mirror yeah. down, will you? Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning. On 1420 AM between 9 and 10, we are a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that can impact your financial life, whether you're working or already in retirement, and how financial news may affect some of the choices you make, Um, tax law changes, and other um, helpful tips. The estate planning team is the company that sponsors the show, and we've been doing the show many years now. And the estate planning team has been in the greater Cleveland area more than 35 years, Um, helping people solve problems save money build custom financial plans. We're known for being that independent, objective, and advisor. And what we do is do enough number crunching and analysis so that really decision-making is easier. You understand what options you have, what choices to get the result you're looking for and a better result. And also we're always looking at the most cumulative net benefit to you or what you're trying to accomplish. Um, we offer a free, no-obligation No pressure consultation to see if our process is appropriate for you. Like I said, we build these custom financial plans. We are not investment advisors. Our clients either do that themselves or already work with an investment advisor. And we've worked with many investment advisors around the Cleveland area. For a coordinated effort, um, what we do is very different. So you can take advantage of the consultations that we have. Again, they're free. You can also check us out on Angie's List. We won the 2019 Super Service Award and have won multiple years award. And you can see what people have said about us. And we are A-rated and accredited members of the Better Business Bureau free consultation. You can do by phone or in person. You can also come out. I do have the February and March planning classes scheduled. Um, We had done the ones in January, and I spread them out. So um, I have February 18th, which is a Tuesday at three o'clock. If you have IRAs, company retirement plans or similar assets, and you're 59 and a half or older, and even if you're already taking minimum required distributions, you want to come up to this class. We're going to talk a lot. People have questions on the SECURE Act and how that impacts owners of these assets, how it affects required minimum distributions, how it affects the stretch IRA. We're going to talk about strategies to minimize the overall tax liability on these assets, Roth contributions versus Roth Conversions, um, how maybe minimum required distribution is not in your best interest, and much more. Again, that's free to attend. We do ask that you pre-register. We have some great handouts. Don't miss this class. It is Tuesday, February eighteenth at three o'clock um, in Middleburg Heights, and then in Mar- on March eleventh at six o'clock is the retirement class for retirees and people nearing retirement. So for the class or the consultation, call four four zero two three nine twenty ninety. That's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety or visit Financial dot com. That's financial dot com. All right
1: and you're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over thirty five years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And over those decades, we certainly have gone through a lot of tax law changes. And the Secure Act is the one we've been highlighting. You know, it, it's and we'll be talking about the Secure Act for a long, long time, Gary. Um, it's not going to go away. It's there's a lot there. And we'll continue to talk about it and we'll see how the world, meaning not only what Congress, you know, they passed the law, how the IRS puts out regulations, how they interpret what the Congress was trying to pass, as well as what the Wall Street attorneys will come up with the new loopholes that they'll start marketing to all of their clients. Right, um so you know, and so we 'll see how that goes, um, and we 'll certainly be uh, all the classes that we are doing this year we will you know be highlighting it, and the class handouts will have briefs on it, and on these radio shows we every week uh, we 've been doing secure act briefs as a matter of fact, you know you mentioned classes, I want to thank. Uh, everyone who came out to the uh, AAII, care—that's the American Association of Individual Investors—and their mm-hmm. West Side, you know, group. Um, you know, they asked me to come out and speak to their group this week, and that was at the Strongsville Library. You know, we, we had a good, good discussion. A lot of interest in the Secure Act. And, you know, so hopefully, you know, the word is getting out there. And if you're concerned, if you heard something, uh oh, I'm worried what the SECURE Act, well, maybe you don't need to be worried about it as much as you think. You know, that's, that's what I always say. You don't You know, don't necessarily gravitate to the head, uh, headlines. You know, how does the tax law changes affect you? You know, don't ask your neighbor how it affects them. How does it affect you? Right. Um, And and
2: a lot of time people misrealize that in every tax law, there are opportunities, there are problems. And there are sometimes even if it may affect you, there are strategies you can implement instead of if you do nothing. A lot of times those law changes aren't in your favor, but you can you have a choice to plan and be proactive.
1: See, that's the that's the idea of what we mean by active financial planning. It's not the idea that you do your financial plan once and put into a sock drawer for 30 years. The idea, you know, we're very active planners at the estate planning team. The whole discipline of financial planning is that, yes, at any one point in time, you've got a current model, you know, know, projecting your financial future right out to as long as your peace of mind says you need to not run out of money right mm-hmm. um, and but the idea is that you're continuing monitoring it it's a measuring stick it tells you where you know it, it alerts you if you're off track you know and but it also you learn the discipline that it's based on the best assumptions that you can make today, whether it be, you know, things that be in your control, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, retirement date, you know, or something like that, or things can totally beyond your control, like what the tax law is, right? But the idea is that when, you, you know, when reality changes an assumption that you made, now you know how to go back into your plan and make the necessary adjustments, so the Secure Act is a good example of that. You know, it is something totally beyond your control. So, you know, but are you know, do you look for opportunities in a very complicated tax code or do you need to change strategies because the government changed the rules? So, you know, that's the point. You know, it's it's being active. Um, just like our Congress, right, Gary, you know, um so what a week. You know, does Academy Ward have categories of like politics?
2: Don't ask me. I'm not into those award shows. I mean, they
1: should. Right. I mean, it's all politics anyway. It's right, right,
2: which is why I don't watch it anymore. I mean, it's not about entertaining. You could have, it's their political yeah. platforms. Why do, do you? I care about what they have their opinions.
1: I think they should just come out with political categories. You, you could have you could have best <laughs> drama. Right.
2: Uh, most politically correct.
1: Best comedy. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about the best sci fi? You know, maybe you know what maybe the global warming. Um,
2: uh, yeah, I don't know. You know
1: uh, what's the new category of the Academy Award? They like it's like the superhero awards. You know, like what do they call it?
2: Oh yeah.
1: it's something like you know they want it like an, don't they have like an awards for like the like like for movies that normally wouldn't get you know nominated?
2: Yeah. I well, they have
1: know. animated films, yeah, um, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. But anyways, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe best superhero in the political field. I think th- I think they should do that. Um, all right. So, again, uh, you know, speaking of classes. So and by the way, Carrie, if, you know, if anyone out there listening has a group. Like the you know investment group, or it could be a church group. You know, I've done a lot of those speaking engagements Mm -hmm. over the time, and we're more than happy to do those. Um, So, if your group would perhaps like a brief on the new Secure Act, um, just give us a call, and uh, you know we'll try to accommodate that. Um, You know, over the decades, Gary. you know i've done many many mm-hmm. of those um and you know i just i just need you know and, and again we'll have the booklet so you know anyone who comes can go home with the booklet even if um or you know if about you can always come to the classes our classes as well um uh, so as as president trump is is do we have a blue collar boom um well you know um the fact you know cbs Uh, you know, did a, uh, you know, a fact check, you know, okay, the claim, the bottom 50% of income earners are faring better financially than the top one percenters. Okay. Is that true? Well, you know, it it depends how you look at it. You know, so they say the average wealth of median or less wage workers, you know, so you always got to say, well, what do they mean by that? Right. Right? Um, But medium, less wage has risen $4,000 in the three years of his presidency. But they say the average income you know, wealth increase for those in the top 1% is up $2.2 million. All right. So um, now what about the claim that wages for lower paid workers has risen 16% since the election? Well, CBS says that's true. But you what know, they're saying is, oh, is that, more, is that really because of what Trump has done? Or is that because the states have been increasing minimum wage? Okay.
2: Um, Maybe a combination.
1: Right. Um, You know, so let's see. Um, Okay, here's another claim the economy is firing on all cylinders, especially for working class Americans. Um, Well, this might not be entirely true for the manufacturing sector. Um, Okay, you know, um, now. The manufacturing sector did do very well, Carrie, in the first year of the Obama, of 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 Trump's you know tax cuts and Jobs Act. So in 2018, um, yeah, manufacturing did very very well, right? Remember those corporate tax breaks were permanent, right? And we knew that there there was going to be a big bump in the first year of them. Since, um, but you know, it, it's cooled off since then, okay? Um, now, um, and basically, you know, a lot of people think the manufacturing industry, if it didn't go into a recession. Uh, last year in 2019, it's it's there right now, um, and certainly the trade wars, you know, didn't help the situation. But you know, are the trade wars over now? You know, what I mean, so maybe the the, the worst is past us. Um, so since uh, since 2017, the number of manufacturing jobs also has expanded more slowly than the broader labor market. So man, you know, manufacturers today account for a slightly smaller share of employment than they did in 2016. OK, the jobs are also paying less. A decade ago, the average manufacturing job paid a dollar an hour more than jobs overall. Today, those same jobs tend to pay less than most of the other kinds of working. That's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, but again, that's why, you know, I thought that's why I thought it was so important for Trump to get the USMCA pass carry. Right. Because right, that, that is big. That should build that should help the manufacturing jobs, certainly the auto industries and the agricultural jobs. OK, Um so, you know, it, it, it's, I'll, you know, so it's it's kind of goes, you know, back and forth, um, you know, whether or not, I mean, the stock market, you know, see, President Trump kind of uses the stock market as a kind of like a barometer for the health of the economy. Now, a lot of people don't, you know, because they say there's not a lot of Americans that really have a lot of money in stocks. It's only the rich. All right. But certainly, you can't complain about the stock market performance, you know, under the Trump administration. No. It's up forty three percent, the S and P five hundred, right? Um, but you know what? It was up even more in Clinton and Obama's in the first three years. So, I mean, we, we this is the greatest, you know, bull market in history. And, you know, I, and we now we had a rough lost decade, you know, in, in 2000 and then in 2008. But, you know, so far, you know, I mean, don't look now, but, you know, the market's doing well. Um, and you could say, well, you could say, well, yeah, but what's the claim then that a lot of Americans don't participate in that stock market boom. Well, you know, again, that's where the Secure Act, you know, and I noticed that President Trump in his State of the Union address did not mention anything about the Secure Act. Karen, I thought he would. So I'm not sure why the speech writers left that out. At least I didn't know Maybe there was too it. much. Maybe I missed it. I right. don't know. But I don't recall him saying anything about the Secure Act when he was going through all his accomplishments. Um, but. The secure act you know is supposed to you know one of the benefits of the secure act is it's going to allow smaller corporations a better way that they can you know uh, make available 401k plans to their employees because you know they can you know multi-employer groups they can group together to reduce the administrative costs of running a 401k plan so that's supposed to open the door. So you can say, well, maybe with the Secure Act, more Americans will be participating. But even having said that, if you do have any money in a 401k, well, if the stock market's going up, somehow that's helping your 401k. Right. Because those mutual funds you know, that, or those options that are available to you, whether it be in a target date fund or a straight mutual fund, they're dependent upon good. If the market's up, they're up. You know, so, you know, so I think, you know, you know, it, it is important that and I think from a confidence level, a rising stock market helps, you know, everyone. So, um, you know, so we'll see, you know, we'll see how uh, we go, uh, you, you know, with the. um How long can this economy go on? You know, the Federal Reserve, again, a lot of people are second guessing what they're doing. It's not the first time, you know, other people have second guessed uh, our Federal Reserve. Um, There's also on the other side of the spectrum an adage, don't fight the Fed. Um, So we'll see.
2: All right. But regardless of that, make sure it comes down to On what you can control. And when you're talking about, Mark, how long this can last, well, that's where sometimes when we don't do the investments, but we certainly look at our clients' assets in terms of risk, growth, and tax efficiency. Are you taking on more risk than you need to be okay? Do you know? I mean, sometimes people have no idea because they don't know the long-term effect, and that's what we do through the financial modeling and long-term plan. Sometimes people, with all the spending they want to do and their planned retirement dates, they can take on a lot less risk. Some people can't, but it's really knowing as much as planning is about saving money, getting clarity on what you can spend, tax planning. It's also the clarity of knowing what steps you can do. throughout your lifetime with each of your assets. And that's what we do at the estate planning team. And you can take advantage of a free consultation. We can do consultations by phone or in person. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights, but we do have offices around the greater Cleveland area. And um, the consultations, we really talk about your individual questions and concerns. The classes are about general planning strategies and concepts So you can do both. Um, But to take advantage of the consultation or come out to our February 18th free IRA, tax qualified, and Roth planning class. For those of you who are 59 and a half and older, even if you're already taking minimum required distributions, we're going to talk about the SECURE Act, minimum required distribution, changes to stretch IRA, um, qualified charitable distributions, um, and Roth contributions versus Roth conversions, and much more. And that's again, February 18th at three o'clock in Middleburg Heights. Go online to register or call the office. If you leave a message, we will get back to you on Monday. Um, And that's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. The website also has the March Planning Class podcast. You can listen to previous shows as well.
1: All right. Um, so we, so in the month of January on these programs, we were highlighting how you can build a custom financial plan at home. And we were illustrating how we build a plan for our clients. And one of the things that we, we transitioned that over the last couple of weeks into how you go from a... Long-term model, you know, looking out over your 30 years or however long your retirement is planning to be, back to how you can use that to transition to build a good cash flow for this year. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the things that we're doing right now with our clients. So we just, you know, we're getting their net worth updated. So we kind of know, you know, account, you know, book to book, you know, where where their actual, you know, asset values ended up at the end of the year. Most of our clients are very, very happy, right, because of the you know big strong year in the market that we were just referring to. But the idea is, the model carries is just a a thirty thousand foot viewpoint, right? It's just you know, it's saying, okay, am I on the right track? Am I in the ballpark? Right. But you also have to, at some point, leave the model, and you got to really manage your next 12 months. And this is where you you get more specific. Whereas the 30 year model, it may just be using generalities, meaning that okay, oh, you know, that we have an idea of how much you're going to be spending 20 years from now, and. How much fixed retirement income is going to be coming in, and how much we're going to pull from our nest egg? But it might not be as specific as what you really are planning for this year. You know, you know, at this point, you're not, you know, really estimating what you're spending this year. You're right. really locking it in, and you're saying, okay, now I know exactly, um, you know, what I'm, what moves I'm going to make to make my plan work for this year. So, so we call that the estate planning team cash flow planning. Don't call it a budget, Carrie.
2: Right, which to Be, me
1: because you know, you know, it's a, Mark, don't put me on a budget, okay? And then, and then she said, well, do you want one of your goals is you wanted to save taxes, right? And it's like, oh well, yeah, I want to save taxes, but don't you know, put me on a budget.
2: Well, it's not. It's just creating the income you need is tax. Don't create income. That you don't need because then you end up paying taxes and it's just getting narrow down and then watching those thresholds as much as you know, are your Medicare B premiums? Are you going over one of those thresholds? Are you trying to stay in one of those brackets? Because right now we have favorable rates and you want to make sure that you're using that tool especially if you're in the camp that thinks tax rates go up in the future which by the way Mark I remember when we used to ask people it was like 50-50 in classes I mean we've been co-owners right. of the company but we've been with the company 20, over 24 years and people half the people thought taxes would go down in the future half thought they would go up now people go what do you mean taxes have to go up I don't know that I've ever run into anyone in the near re, you know near future or near re, uh, near past that ever said tax rates are going to go down in the future.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it's generally people believe that income tax rates are going to be going up. Every once in a while, you'll have a few that raise their hand thinking that income tax rates will go down. Um, and, you know, but we are at historically low income tax rates. So I think by definition alone, you say, well, are they going to go any lower or are they going to go higher? We'll see. Right. You know, you know, obviously, you um, President Trump is going to be talking about his you know tax cut, you know 2.0, right? Um, he hasn't really announced that yet. He's been busy with a few other things, but you know we'll see um, what what he's got up his sleeves. So yeah, so okay, so we won't call it a budget if you if that term offends you, all right um, But by the way, Carrie, my, my point was just that if you really want to save taxes, I, I know how you save income taxes. Don't spend any money. I can right? guarantee you if you don't spend any money, you can lower your income taxes. Mm. Yeah, so But you I think your spending careful what you ask for.
2: comes first, tax planning yeah. comes second.
1: So so let's go through a case example and this is a client that, you know, it's a good you know it, and where we do this for all our clients. So once the plan is built and they're in the ballpark and their plan A is working and they they, they you know, now this particular couple, they were already retired. Um, and the, you know, they, they were, but they were, um, they were 65 and 60, you know, so they were on Medicare, but they, they you know, hadn't started social security yet, you know, they're they're because the robot told them based on their beliefs of longevity, it would be better for them to wait till 70 and get to deferred credits. And the plan shows them that they can afford that okay. In other words, um, that in other words, afford from a cash flow standpoint that they have enough other assets to support their lifestyle while they're waiting to get those eight percent deferred credits, you know, on Social Security to age seventy. Okay, but it becomes a cash flow issue, right? You know, those robots that just do the break evens do not make a, a, a do not help you on how you meet your cash flow if you're de, if you do defer on Social mm-hmm. Security. That's not what they do. That's the that's the point. Right. You know, so you have to kind of do it yourself. Um, so, you know, so this is a basically a two page um, report or analysis. You know, let's put expenses on page one and let's put income sources on page two. And we always start with expenses. Right. Um so in this, so think of a, you know, think of a, a spreadsheet. So, you know, the first thing is, well, what is their daily living expenses? And so and if you go back and listen to our shows and podcasts in January, you'll hear what we mean that, you know, we we talked about the expense pyramid, right? And the idea that. You have certain expenses that we're going to deem mandatory or you know ongoing every year daily living expenses, and then there's also other discretionary expenses, other categories. So their daily living expenses was running about three thousand a month or about thirty-six thousand a year, Carrie, okay? Now that did not include their mortgage, which was another fourteen thousand four hundred. And you say, well, Mark, why don't you put the, the mortgage in the daily living expenses? Well, basically because, again, the daily living expenses are going to go on forever, right? The mortgage, th- these people are going to be done with their mortgage in a few years. It's going to end. So we don't bury it. You know, we separate it, right? So expenses that end, it doesn't go up with inflation because they have a fixed mm-hmm. mortgage rate. You know, the daily living expenses were increasing by an inflation factor. All right. Um, now and then, what there's also they didn't have anything major home remodeling or repairs planned, Gary. But they we they had you know we did build in a budget for the unplanned things. So we have a twenty five hundred dollar budget. For unplanned home, you know, repair jobs. Right. Then we can talk about their insurance premiums because that we don't, you know, bury in we keep that separate because your health insurance premiums could be changing as you go through the phases of your lifetime. So, you know, what is Medicare? They're, like I said, they're both on Medicare. So Medicare is, you know, one hundred and forty four dollars and sixty cents a month each. And they're both on Medicare D. And I think their premiums, you know, we're showing they're saying their premium for Medicare D is about thirty five a month each. Um, he had a, a, still had a life insurance policy. His life insurance premium is about $950. Her life insurance premiums annual about $800. So they got about 6,000 in health insurance and life insurance premiums. Okay. Um, for hobbies, you know, may, you know, one of their goals was say, yeah, we want to spend a little bit more on our hobbies and retirement. So, you know, they said, bookmark uh, budget 100 bucks um, you know 100 bucks a month each you know for our hobbies that's about 2400 dollars a year that's a soft number Gary right you know they, some years they may spend more on that some years they might spend less than
2: that or maybe now that they have freedom of time they're trying to figure out what their hobby is
1: trap so this so travel okay so again they have basic travel and retirement that they said it's about 3000 you know that doesn't you know that they, they go to you know they do a couple of things in the states but this year they had a bucket list plan OK, and they had a trip to Rome, you know, a fame. Italy is one of our, you know, one of the always on a lot of bucket list trips. Right. Um, and so they're budgeting 10,000 for that. So combined travel, the budget this year is 13,000. OK. And. Um, and then gifting to the family, another discretionary item, that's about $2,000. Charitable gifting, another discretionary item, about $1,200. Um, nothing going on with the automobiles this year. Um, and, you know, taxes, you know, income taxes, we're estimating between, you know, we think they may owe a little bit on April 15th, but they, you know, certainly they're in their safe harbor. They won't be charged underestimated pen, uh, penalty payment. And then maybe, you know, the, the, the and then maybe another seventy three. dollars So we got about 7300 booked. For you know potential income taxes. All right. So bottom, you know, total cash flow, total expenses, about eighty-four thousand eight hundred and sixty dollars. Okay. Okay. Um, now, okay. So then, where is it going to come from? All right. Well, income. Yeah. So there is a. Um. <laughs> they're not on Social Security yet, but there is a pension. So the pension's going to be uh, forty-five thousand dollars. Okay. Um. And then that's it. That's their fixed retirement income. All right. Um, so you could say, well, their expenses are you know eighty close to eighty five thousand, and the income, the fixed income is about forty five thousand. So carry their spending gaps about forty mm-hmm. thousand. Right? Okay. So this is where obviously they're saying, okay, we we're going to get this from our nest egg, our investments. Now. Um, And this is where, you know, again, remember, we've been working with this couple for a while. So, you know, we have been setting up, you know, you know, the different tax wrappers that, you know, will be gives them flexibility, you know, in the future um, when now the future is hitting. Right. So they have some IRAs. They have about five hundred thousand dollars in IRAs. Um, they have about 225000 in non-qualified investments. You know, about 45 of that is in cash, another 20000 in laddered CDs, and about another 160000 in a brokerage, you know, uh, 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 equity bond fund type of an account um, being professionally managed, okay? Um, and they've got um, some Roth IRAs. Um, so and they've actually done they did some Roth contributions along the way. We've also started some conversions. So there's about a thirty thousand dollars in his Roth IRA and she has about twenty thousand dollars in hers. They also have a health savings account. Okay, they took advantage of mm-hmm. that. You know, and, and you know, so that you know, prior to going on Medicare. So, and they didn't spend it, you know, they, they wanted that saved, you know, for, you know, going to retirement. So there's about $25,000 in a health savings account. So overall, you know, they have about $800,000 in their nest egg. Okay. So if, um, now if, so if you look at the numbers, right, you can say, okay, what are, um, you know, how are they going to do it? Well, Let's take a sidebar. So, one of the things that we were working with them is that, you know, what was it going to be their, you know, plan distribution for their IRAs? Now, remember that we did that when we built their life flow plan. That's what we call the financial model at the estate planning team, you know, the 30 year, you know, projection. And so we had already shown them, you know, that maybe they don't want to just follow the required minimum distribution. Um, but also, again, Carrie, we mentioned the Secure Act. There's a lot of people today that are saying, mm, "The Secure Act may change my mind on just following the required minimum distribution." Mm-hmm. One, you know, now even though the Secure Act, you know, changed the beginning required minimum date from age 70 and a half to age 72, mm-hmm. that's if, if you if you don't attain age 70 and a half until after January 1st of this year, right? For those people that turned seventy and a half before January one of this year, you follow the old seventy and a half rule. That there's no change for you. But the other thing the Secure Act did is it eliminated the stretch IRA. So um, you know, so a lot of people are saying, "Well, gee, my plan was you know to leave if I wasn't going to spend my whole IRA. In other words, if I die early and don't get to my longevity, then at least my kids could stretch it out. Mm-hmm. And now they hear that that's eliminated and it's been replaced by the ten year rule." All right. So a lot of people are rethinking if that was their plan. Right Um, now. so, but we had already, we had, but, you know, Harry, we weren't, it wasn't the SECURE Act. We've, we've been talking to clients about building their own custom distribution plan long before the SECURE Act ever right. talked about eliminating the stretch IRA. As a matter of fact, we've been saying for decades, why are you following the requirement of distribution plan? As a matter of fact, if if you don't know what we're talking about, come to one of the classes right. or come in for a consultation and we'll show you the analysis. And we talk a lot about that in the show about why you may not want to follow the requirements. Requirement minimum distribution, um, so you know, and and one of the things was uh, you know that so one of their plan, what how we how we built their plan, their long mo- plan, financial model, was that they were going to have a target distribution carry that they wanted all of the IRAs out of IRA status by their joint life expectancy, okay, meaning that. You know, at least by now, it doesn't mean they've spent it all. Right. It just means that they've gotten it out of the IRA.
2: And status. and hopefully they spent some of it to enjoy it. Well, they're going to spend it. a
1: lot of it. Right. Right.
2: But, but as far as it doesn't mean it goes away completely.
1: Right. And so, in other words, in other words, what what I'm saying is they're, the target, you know, they are saying regardless of if we spend it all every year or not. We just want to be on target so that by the time we're 90 years old, we don't have anything left in IRAs, meaning that if they die at that point, that, you know, their joint life expectancy, that the second death occurs there. Now, remember, there's a 50% chance that one of them's going beyond that point. But if it does happen that they're both gone by that point, they're not leaving a big IRD problem to their kids. Okay. Um, now, so, so you, know, can, you know, and so you have to say, well, what should the target be then? Well, this is where you have to customize it. Don't ask your neighbor what their target IRA distribution is. It should be based on what you're trying to achieve. You know, in this case, you know, that's over, you know, that's over 25 years. So, you know, they've got the 500,000 in there right now. they're they're, you know, working with their investment advisors. They're saying that, you know, pretty much after fees and conservative, realistic assumptions use about a 5% rate of return. Okay, so now also we went one step further though, because this couple was concerned that we could have an economic downturn in the next few years. Okay, so we built that in. So besides the five percent normal rate of return, we modeled in. We told the robot we modeled in an economic downturn. Okay, and what we said was assume that it starts in 2021. So we're going to model in a 6% loss in 2021, then another 6% loss in 2022, a 12% loss overall. Okay, Now, I'm not talking about a correction. I'm talking about a, an economic downturn, either the next U.S. recession or a bear market crash, typically 20 to 25% declines in the market. The reason why they're not going to be down that much is because they're not 100% stocks. Right. So working out their allocation, we figure, OK, maybe they'll be down 12. It might not happen until mm, maybe a second half of 21. OK. Then the next year they go into recovery. So then it'd be zero percent. Then the next year, maybe about three, um, you know, maybe about two and a half to three percent rate of return. And then by the following year, they're through the whole, you know, they they, 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 they they have the downturn. They have the slow recovery and then they're back to their normal five ongoing. So we built that in. OK. Um just to see how that would affect the long range plan. So when we did all that, you know, so now we're at saying that so what did the target distribution come out to be? Now Carrie, can you do that math in your head? No. Okay. Um so he had about three hundred and fifty thousand in his IRA. She had about a hundred and fifty thousand in her IRA. That's a total five hundred thousand. Um he's at you know he's a year older than her. Okay. Um, but here's the idea. So his target distribution for this first year is 15 or this year, you know, is 15,100. Okay? Her target distribution is 6500. So what do I mean by the target? So the target meaning is what would they take out of their IRA starting this year or you know, or updating it for this year if they want it all out over 25 years assuming the rate of return that we talked about. And also assuming that they take out a little bit more out each year, like a 2% increase. Now, why do we do that? Well, one is if they're building a lifestyle, we're adding a little cost of living increases. And two, because under the tax code, normally you get bracket creep, meaning that the tax brackets creep up a little. That means you could create a little bit more taxable income in future years without really increasing your uh, net effective tax rate. Because the brackets go up a little. We call that bracket creep. So we build a two percent increase. And so and if we follow that plan, you know, that you know, so right now combined the target distribution is twenty one thousand six hundred. And then by the time they're ninety, okay, they'd have about thirty one thousand left in there, which would then be the distribution in that year, and then all the money would be out of IRAs. Okay. Now, um, now you can run those any way you want. You know, that's how you customize it. You know, you can say, well, Mark, I want to go longer. I want to go shorter. I'm using a different, my, my investment advisors tell me to use a different rate. You know, these are all things that you can adjust, okay, um, and customize it to your own circumstances. All right. So now let's go back to our cash flow. So that model is built, right, Gary? So now we're back to the annual cash flow statement, right? And so what would we say? We know that they need about 85000 in, you know, for cash flow. And we know that their pension's going to give them about forty five thousand. And we now know that the target IRA distribution is twenty one six, twenty one thousand six hundred. OK, so, uh, you know, now. Another thing happening, too, because we built the long range plan, we are, had already known that they were budgeting a bucket list trip for 2020. OK, that wasn't something surprised. We had planned that. So over the years leading up to 2020, we were building their cash reserve because we said, you know, we're, we're really planning this trip and we want the money sitting in cash. So we don't feel we're not going to get blindsided because if the economic downturn is happening the same year, I want to take a bucket list trip. I'll be too worried to sell my stocks low to pay for the trip that I want that, you know, that's the idea of building a cash reserve, right? You know, so you're not, so you have flexibility. Now in this case, it didn't happen yet, um, but they still have the cash available. So they had about $45,000 in cash, as I mentioned before. Now they're the floor. They don't want their cash ever going below $30,000. Okay. Now they still have the $20,000 in CDs, so they could get those. They're not laddered out too long. They're like six months and twelve months and eighteen months and stuff like that. So that you know is available too. But so so right now, if they've got the forty five in cash and their floor is thirty, they've got fifteen to use for that, right, Kerry? So they got the forty five thousand dollar pension, the twenty one thousand six hundred, uh, the twenty one thousand six hundred target IRA distribution, and the fifteen thousand dollars cash. All right, um, they're still in a pretty good tax bracket right now. Okay, they're not shooting themselves in the foot tax-wise, right? Because it doesn't cost them any taxes to use that cash. Um, but they're still about $3,200 short. Okay? So now where do they go get that 3200 Well, these are where, you know, when, when we built the long-term plan, that we built in the flexibility, all right? Um, now, um, you could say, well they could take more than the target IRA distribution. Right, Carrie? Because the target was just the target. Mm-hmm. They, they could take more than that. And so what do you do there? Well, before you run and do that, what we do is we get together with their CPA. You know, one of the things about the estate planning team, we're very active and we're very big on coordinated advisors. Okay. So what we do is if the client wants to go that direction, we'll say, well, let's have a three-way phone call or meeting with your CPA and ask them to start running a pro forma showing you different tax results whether you take out 21,600 out of your IRA or 3,500 more than that what is it doing is it is it hurting you you know tax-wise okay Um, all right so that's one thing they could do um, but let's say that does hurt them tax wise. What if what if doing that additional thirty, you know, that additional thirty two hundred is going to cause too much taxes? Okay. Um, well, we could we could, you know, look at their non qualified investments. Okay. Mm-hmm. So right now, um, and and again, so now we're coordinating if if, if, if with their investment advisor, you know, the, the, they're managing the non qualified investments, right? And typically looking at the previous tax return, all right, um, the, the, the interest and in dividends that the portfolio was throwing off was about $3,500 a year, okay? Now, they were just reinvesting that, okay? But here's the point. In, in a year where you think you may need cash flow, Okay, maybe you want to tell your investment advisor, hey, don't reinvest the interest and dividends this year. Send them to me because I need them for cash. They're going to be taxed anyway, scary, right? Whether you spend them or not. So you might as
2: well get them in your account if cash flow is an issue.
1: And taxes is an issue. Okay. Um, Now- so now um, there's another thing, too, what you may want to ask your investment advisor. And this is typically, too, when you have, you're coming off a year where there were, you know, double-digit returns in the stock market. You know, I mean, the S&P was up, you know, you know, 28%. So the idea is um, they, your investment advisor, may be planning on rebalancing because maybe your equity position has gotten too high in relation to your overall risk allocation. So you may. So a lot of times we're asking or, or, you know, asking the investment advisor, hey, are you, you know, the client's looking for some cash this year. Are you planning on rebalancing? Well, before, you know, if you do the rebalancing, because that's going to raise cash. Right. Because they're going to be selling off equities. Right. Before you reinvest it in another long term vehicle, we need a portion of that for our cash flow because they're going to be taking the gains anyways if they're rebalancing, right? Now they may be offsetting some losers with it, but the idea is before, you know, if they're going to rebalance anyways, well then if it's in a year where you need some extra cash flow, then you know have that discussion. All right? Um now let's say that um Let's say that, uh, you know, they didn't go there. They, you know, there's no there's no rebalancing needed and, and they, they don't want to spend the interest and dividends. They want to reinvest that. OK, they could go with their HSA. That's another tax free alternative. OK, because remember, I said they got twenty five thousand HSA. They could use that to reimburse themselves for their Medicare B premiums. So combined their Medicare B premium is about thirty four hundred a year. Okay. The, you know, they're paying directly to Medicare, but they could use, you know, that they can be reimbursed themselves for that tax free out of the HSA. So that's the way they could get this shortfall without any taxes. Um if all else fails, Carrie, they could just do a Roth IRA distribution tax
2: free. Mm-hmm. And that's the importance of having these different types of assets that are taxed differently um, and set these things up while you're working or soon enough so that you have these different pots of money that you can take advantage of when you need to, when you need or have those unexpected expenses. Um, That's a great example of, of how we help people every year in the maintenance and through our planning process. And we offer a free, no obligation consultation for anyone by phone or in person. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights and we have offices around the greater Cleveland area. The consultations about your individual questions and concerns. Well, we only recommend our services if we can help you. We have hourly and retainer options like our plans, our fees are customized. So you can take advantage of a consultation. You can call 440-239-2090 uh, that's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety, Or you can contact us through the website, financialfoodforthought.com. There's a button for the consultations. You can sign up for our classes. You can check out our podcast. And any email from the website does come directly to me. Um, so if you have comments on the show, want to tell us what you like, don't like, what you would want to hear about as well, let us know. And that's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety or 2090 or financialfoodforthought.com.
1: So the Oscars this weekend. This is one of the songs that's up. Carrie, I think this may be a winner.
2: Oh yeah, this is a... I would think that would have been up last year though, hasn't that? Oh, I, I don't understand I how understand. the Oscars work.
1: Um, I mean, one of the songs that's up is from Black Panther. Didn't yeah, wasn't Black that a couple years ago? <laughs> yeah. What's going on with the Oscars?
2: That makes no... I was going to say, this movie has been around for a long time. I saw the runs on an airplane last year.
1: I, I don't get it. Well, I mean, it was, did it come out in 2019? I think it did. I mean, well, I it thought
2: is, it was 2018. I don't
1: know. I didn't see it.
2: Okay. I did on an airplane last last year around this time.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Okay, you're going to look that up.
2: Yeah, I am, because now I'm curious. Um, all right. So So what else is this? In 2018. Yeah, I don't so get it. So two years ago? I don't know.
1: Don't... Who knows what they're doing? Because yeah.
2: didn't they perform this on some award show a, a while ago?
1: I believe so. I think it was, a, was it was it was it the
2: I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't watch those. They've gotten so political. I just Black Panther was 2018 too. I guess I don't know. Are they like the IRS? They're behind. Yeah,
1: I guess. I guess they couldn't find any <laughs> songs this year. Maybe. Um, all right. Now, how does this cash flow and this target higher distribution also help you if you perhaps believe that income tax rates are going up in the future? Okay. And this is something that you're now going back and forth between your you know your you know thirty, forty year plan and the current plan. But let me go back and say, well, how do, you know, one of the things that the target distribution, it, it provides flexibility for you if you do believe that the government's going to raise income tax rates in the future, okay? Um, for example, Kerry, you know, right now under this target distribution, so it's going to start right now this year at 21,600. Um, by the time the last year that it's designed to be emptied out at that time, the distribution well, it would be about thirty-four thousand, about thirty-five thousand. But let's even look at you know eighty-five. So, what would the target distribution be when this couple returns age eighty-five? Well, the target distribution is going to be thirty-one thousand four sixty-seven. Okay, but Carrie, let's say when we get the you know that year when they're eighty-five, that that target distribution is too costly tax-wise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Now. Over the years, what we've been doing—if they've been following the target—and remember, every year maybe they're going to spend some of it, but maybe they're not going to spend all of it. Like in the year, like Carrie, they don't have the bucket list trip; they wouldn't even be spending the whole target. There'd be money left over, right, Carrie? They mm-hmm. wouldn't—they wouldn't be looking where to get additional. Right. They'd have about six, seven thousand dollars left over. So you say, well, Mark, what do they do then? Well, the plan is any target IRA distribution during their lifetime that's not used for a current year cash flow or covering the required minimum distribution, they're going to convert that to Roth IRA Mm -hmm. and start building another tax-free alternative. They're going to continue that. You know, so so along this time period, not only are they getting their cash flow out and now are they reducing their exposure to IRD, you know, in respect to the kids under the new 10 year uh, distribution that they have to follow because the stretch IRA is gone. Now they're also building themselves another tax free bucket to use. OK, so now let's again. So let's say 85. The target distribution is now thirty one thousand. And they say, Mark, that's too expensive. Well they don't have to do the target, Gary, right? hmm That's just the target. Right. Because you could say by that time, because they did the target up until that time, they've theoretically have lowered the IRA and lowered the required minimum. See at this point now, their required minimum distribution at age eighty five would only be eleven thousand five hundred, not the thirty one thousand target. Right. So they're not trapped, right? They can only they only have to do eleven thousand. Now if that eleven thousand is enough to cover their expenses, maybe they get it out of the Roth IRA then. Tax free. You see how it provides flexibility.
2: And that's the importance of maintenance. I mean, the plan shouldn't be looked at just once. It's making those adjustments each and every year.
1: So you compare that flexibility to what their original plan was, because they were always told by everyone they ever talked to, oh, you never take out more than the required minimum distribution, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So let's go back now. Let's assume that they didn't start the uh, plan distribution, Carrie, right, that they just followed the required minimum distribution, same growth rate, mm-hmm. same economic downturn, but now the robot, we asked the robot, well, robot, what would their IRA required minimum distribution be at age 85 if they just followed the required minimum distribution? OK, you know what it was. Can you mm. do that math? In your no, account? I cannot. Based on the new age, 72. Right. OK, the required minimum had they not start or they don't start the plan allocation would be thirty two thousand seven seventy. That's the minimum. That's what's going to trap them. Mm-hmm. That's what they have to take out. That's the flexibility that we're trying to build with proper cash flow planning and long term financial modeling.
2: Right. And call the estate planning team for a free consultation or come out to our February and March planning classes. Call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com.
1: Oh, enjoy the games and the shows, everyone.